Hi, everybody. Welcome to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are your ears today? I have had it, because I tell you what, mister, here's, uh, <laughs> we have some people in the sound booth. We got a sound booth problem. And there's sound, and they're not doing their jobs. No. And because uh, you you see who's here today. I saw you the see, Constantine's back. Finally. Finally, he's here. It was last week. Harvey made Harvey, my ears bleed. I know today, it's Constantine. It, they'd like, he, Constantine was supposed to fix it. Oh. He does not, because he's not... You can't get him off his phone. You just let me text you. How you doing? Is he, is he sexting with his new girlfriend? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what the youngsters call it. Okay. But I, all I know is there's like an eggplant emoji, and uh, I, I don't ask. I don't ask anymore. I assume they're farming. I That's exactly what I would have thought of, too, until I watched this episode. Yeah, now I got other suspicions. I know. It, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. <laughs> wrong. I'm good. <laughs> I'm sorry. You asked me how I was doing. I'm, yeah, no. I know the right answer. I'm fine. I'm fine. I have two ears. One of them can bleed That's right. all it's over fair. the everything, yeah, and yeah. then the other one's fine. How are you, man? I'm good. You know, honestly, I, I think I would uh, I'd be a lot better if it were if I lived somewhere else, uh, you know, other than north of Pawnee here, uh, because gosh darn it it's it's cold and dank and that's my least favorite we've talked about dank before we have we it describes it, this weather it is it really does and we are officially uh as we're recording this it is may yeah and i now. checked the books yeah that's not supposed to happen because it's like no. all dreary and no. rainy and it was cold beautiful and, and in the 70s in february like i need a parka today yeah. it's just not it's not fun yeah it's been a weird year weather-wise so, you know, we need our mayor to do something about that, I guess. I'm going to write a letter to him like I did when I was six. Yeah. And I told him that we needed more TV stations, spelled S-H-U-N-S. That's not a joke. I have the letter. It's terrific. You are outstanding and yes. clearly have a solid grasp of the political system. I, well, the mayor's in control of television. Did you not know this? I did not. Mayor Gunderson has a lot to do with this show, apparently. So wow. we'll eventually meet him, I hear. Maybe really? S- well, really? Are we going to meet him? I'm thinking it's in the next thirty he's not or so just episodes. Like, he's not like Vera from Cheers. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Dot. 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 All right. All right. All right. En- enough grumpy stuff. Fair. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, let's, let's move. Let's talk on. about this episode, Mark, oh, yeah. which is season six, episode five, Gen It Up, which sounds like a really good idea, if you ask me. Well, I, I mean, it. I, it depends. What What do you think that means? Well, my first inclination was it was about drinky drink. Yeah, it's gin. Yeah, the, then I, you know, because of Ron Swanson and stuff. And sure. I, then I watched the episode and I went, well, there's no not much drinky drink in this, if any. And they don't even say the phrase. That's true. My my experience was maybe ginning it up has something to do with, like, making something up. Well, uh, you know, here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters, we spare no expense. Yeah. Uh, because... You put Constantine on this. We could... Uh, no, he doesn't. He I, I, I texted him twice. He doesn't answer anybody anymore. <laughs> so I had to do it. Do you hear that? Yeah, I had to do it. I had to do your job. He's not listening to me. So I went on the WWW, and I, yeah. I, I looked up what the hell gin it up means right oh okay so here here's the thing like you said this is a very odd uh idiom and not everybody's familiar with it i know i wasn't and no one even said that phrase on the show right so the online the online slang dictionary sure yeah. says that that gin up is similar to rev up 
with the subtle difference that gin up implies creating something from nothing with an intent to do stuff, whereas rev up implies an existing structure or system that is sped up from its present state. So like, so like I'll, I'll use it in a sentence. That's what I do when I was the champion speller. Please do. So yeah. So champion speller, it says, uh, didn't you also it, play tennis? I'm a very complex man and with <laughs> no real, with no real talent. Yeah. Uh, so Harvey, yeah, Harvey might rev up his engine before the start of a race. Constantine over here might gin up a dull party by spiking the punch. Oh. So in this context, it's like making a mountain out of a molehill, basically. Got it. So that now it makes a little more and sense. And I'm going to guess that we'll, we'll agree that the A story is, is the recall function, and Jam is ginning it up in this case? That's kind of my take on Got it. Got yes. it. Okay. Yes. Well, I think that's helpful context for today's show. It is, but man, I mean, NBC is known for having dull titles. Yeah. That was just an, an interesting but kind of odd choice. Well, you know what? Let's mm. do this thing where we do the synopsis, and then we'll present some better titles. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Synopsis incoming. Well, I broke this sucker down into one, two, three. I don't know why I became the count from Sesame Street all of a sudden. Hey, three that is stories. Correct. That all is correct, right. Count. Count Von uh, Munchausen? No, Count that's not Von, right. not going to work here anymore. <laughs> that's right. Um, Oh, I phoned in these titles again. So, dude, I'm, I'm look. I'm here to save you. We all know you're the brains of the outfit. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. right. So, God help so, us. So, my A story is Twitter Watergate, which I completely stole from you Perd Ripped Affleck. that straight out of the, out <laughs> so, of the script. No creativity. I just copied and pasted. All so right, that's fair my enough. title. At least you admit it. All right. The committee to recall Nope is relentless, Alan. They're spending lots and lots of time and money to sling mud at Leslie. And furthermore, Councilman Jam and Dexart openly admit they don't like Leslie and they're waiting for the day when she's going to be recalled. And to this end, they effectively block Leslie from doing anything productive on the city council by tabling bills and ending meetings early. They suck. So it's just like real politics. Exactly. To make things worse, an inappropriate, rather spicy tweet was sent by Donna on the official Parks and Recreation Twitter account, mistakenly thinking it was her <clears throat> personal account. Uh, that's not good. Jam jumps on this immediately to further ruin Leslie's reputation, trying to turn it into a media circus. When Jam asks the responsible employee to provide a statement, Donna insists she never meant to embarrass the Parks Department. My personal account is set to private, for crying out loud. Right. However, in an unfortunate twist, Jam announces that they have somehow obtained access to Donna's private account and are now perusing it. Uh-oh. What will happen? How did Jam and company get access to Donna's private account? Will Twitter Watergate truly get turned into a media circus? What further embarrassing facts come out of Donna's private tweets? Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice job, Mark. All right, give us the good title. So my theme this week is not so famous board games in history. Hi. <laughs> I, 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 I am on tenterhooks. Fair enough. That's not one of the games. But the A story game, uh-huh. because of the whole recall note thing, is called I Don't Recall by Salco and Ryder, the creators of Parcheesi, Trivial Pursuit, and Scrabble. I don't know 
know what to do with this. Like, this is fascinating, but I'm like... I want it to be a real game. Oh, In fact, man. I think, Mark, we should make these three games today. Well, you know what? If we're going to get off our butts and actually uh, do all the t-shirts that, that are very in our exhausting. backlog, yeah. we also need to make these board games. I am totally yeah. on board. So no I, I don't recall game number one. Nice. All right. All right. Do you drink alcohol along with it? Is that why you don't recall? <laughs> I, that's optional. Yeah, gin it up, Alan. Yeah. Okay. There so, so, so the B story, um, I, I entitled "Tom Without Borders." Actually, I think that's, that's pretty good. That's not bad. All I right. mean, that's so much better than your thievery of the. A no, story. that's horrible. That's, yeah. That sucks on ice. All right. A young, attractive doctor named Nadia Stasky inquires about reserving a park on behalf of her organization, Doctors Without Borders, with the intention of setting up a mobile hospital to provide free vaccinations. Tom takes an immediate liking to Nadia, <clears throat> to say the least, and takes on the responsibility of setting up the reservation. Unfortunately, believing she's way out of his league, she is, Tom adopts a... British accent, bippity-boppity, to make him seem more sophisticated. However, Nadia is really just wanting to book the park and get out of there. Um, Tom is desperate to stall her progress and keep her around longer, and he uses the tactic of dun-dun-dun incompetent bureaucracy, providing incorrect paperwork over and over and trying to get her attention by putting on different suits and offering to take her out to lunch. Ugh. How will this turn out? Does Tom keep his British accent? Can Tom manage to keep Nadia around with his stalling tactics? Will April try to help Tom get a date with Nadia? Stick around, podcast viewers. All will be revealed, dot, dot, dot. Very nice job. I like that. Yeah, not yeah. bad. So I, I had the, the same B story. Yeah. Uh, my, my game of the week, you know, again, not so famous board games uh -huh. in history, Docs Without Reservations. Oh, oh, so like emergency clinic. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Nice. And of course, this one is manufactured by Parker Brothers. We know Parker Brothers, of course. Inventors yeah. of Monopoly, Rook, and Ping Pong, which I did not know, Mark. Really? The game Ping Pong was literally invented by Parker Brothers. Who told you that? Was it Was it Mr. Brothers that told you that? <laughs> He's dead now, but, yeah, but he would have because he did. Are you serious? I didn't I'm know that. I'm dead serious. I did not, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, it's fascinating. Actually, I, I, I did a lot of research, but one of the best sites I found was actually called TheBigGameHunter.com. Really? And of course, when I saw the URL, I'm thinking, you know, oh, this guy shoots stuff. But no, it's about board games. Fascinating stuff. That is interesting. It was one of those deep dive tangents that I wasn't sorry I went off on. No pun intended. No pun intended. Wow. Yeah. It's odd that you would think of ping pong as a board game. Technically, it's paid, played on a tabletop. So if you think about it in its essence... <laughs> Oh, Parker has, Brothers. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Mark, oh, oh, go on. How about your C story? All right, C story incoming. So my C story is entitled, uh, this isn't too bad. C story is entitled, Ron's Will, a.k.a. The Swan Song. Very nice job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Ben talks to Ron about the will he and Leslie put together, asking him to sign as a witness, and in the course of conversation, discovers Ron does not have a will. With Ron now being a husband and father, Ben manages to talk Ron into meeting with ugh, a lawyer to have a proper will written up, warning him that without a will, most of what he owns is going to go to the government. That's probably what did it. Um, during their meeting with Trevor, the lawyer, 
Ron is extremely resistant to disclose any information, and only after constant cajoling and urging, he reluctantly agrees to give Trevor the lawyer a ballpark figure of how much money he has. What will happen? How much money does Ron have? Will Ron listen to Ben's advice about leaving something behind for his children? What do the mysterious symbols on Ron's childhood will mean? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell. Dot dot dot. Well, that I did like that that title, and that's a great description. In fact, I'm pretty impressed with us both that we got the same A, B, and C story in the right order. I know that, that rarely pretty, happens. Rare. First of all, yeah. So, Mark, to to finish it up, yeah. the third and final not so famous board game, the Battle of Wills and Testaments. Wow. Yes. Yes. This one, of course, is by Milton Bradley, uh, the most most famous, of course, for Battleship, Mousetrap, and Twister. Are we getting a kickback for this? I feel like we should get a kickback. <laughs> That's for like this. nine brand uh, brand name games we mentioned today. I know. Now you know what's happened with the gaming industry. No. There's like two game manufacturers now. Most of these, there is like a mega game company. I think it's Milton Bradley. Uh, you know, is it AT and T? Parker does AT and T own all the gaming rights? <laughs> they now? do now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Stupid AT and T. They I, own everything. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, Mark, how about your AKA? What'd you get this week? Speaking how, of bad titles, <laughs> how about them AKAs? <laughs> Mine is from my man crush, Ron. Another word for jokes is lies. I do not lie, therefore I do not joke. Love it. How about you? That's very good. Um, I, I considered that one, but I actually went a different way. Hmm. <laughs> this is April speaking to Tom when he uh, suddenly adopts this British accent. He says, so you've gone insane. That's fun. That is fun. I love that. That was my favorite line probably of the whole show. Uh, one of several, but I did like it. My backup, in case you chose that one, Mark, was Eels. from Trevor the lawyer, mm. not an accountant. No, like some no, people no. think. Uh, check your accounting crap at the door, he Look, says to Ben. Every, I love it. Everybody knows there's a mutual respect there, but clearly no. accountants are the bad boys. Somebody forgot to tell Trevor about this <laughs> mutual respect. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, nice job, Mark. Why don't we get into our breakdown? All right. Let's break this down, Sir Allen of the Roundtable. Uh, well, we uh, we open with our cold open, as we always do, and uh, it looks like, reminded me a little bit of the West Wing. Leslie and Ben are having a little bit of a walk and talk. Oh, yeah. I think they're they're outside and they're walking, I think, towards City Hall uh, uh, on their way to work. Um, it's an exterior walk and talk. We don't always get those. It is, I know. Yeah. Hey, Constantine. Con will you put that down? My God. Quit. Look, we got a clip. Can you, can you please press the button? All right. He's wow. going to press the button. The attitude. I know. Hey, I've gained a lot of ground in the polls. That's good news. Yeah, I have you down only four points, but they're running a ton of new negative ads. Maybe you should fight back. Ben, your heart's in the right place. Your heart and your butt. Mm. I will not go negative. Crap on a turd! Care for a Recall Nope gift bag. The committee to recall Leslie Nope is relentless. Look what they're handing out at elementary schools. I'm Leslie Nope. Tell your parents to recall me. Oh, dear. Farty <laughs> oh, dolls. We all know that I cannot spend as much money on ads as my opponent, but I printed out 10,000 don't stickers and 10,000 question mark stickers. That way, if you see a sign that says recall nope, all you need to do is add the question mark and the don't, and suddenly it reads recall nope, don't. Why don't you just put the don't in front of recall nope? Yep, that's a much better that's idea. Better. Can I have these question mark stickers? Why? I want to put them on stop signs. <laughs> April, no! Oh, dear. 
<laughs> April would do that, wouldn't she? Well, it's either going to be April or the Riddler. Well, that's true. Yeah. And it's much scarier if it's April. Well, no, I mean the Riddler. Well, she's pretty scary, actually. I, I, I don't know. I, I would say it's a tie. I think it's at least a tie. Yeah, I think so. Mark, did you notice the banner behind the gang as Leslie is uh, unveiling her plan with the uh, stickers? Oh, yeah. It's one of her uh, 40 uh, phases that she... That's right. I think phase 32, if I'm not mistaken. It's 32. It's the Epsilon Protocol. I love it. It looks like the Mission Impossible font. Yeah. It's, That's it's, terrific. It's, 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 it's awesome and a little intimidating. I don't know what that means, but it sounds fancy. It, it sounds fancy and it, it sounds like Leslie. Yes, it does. Yeah, it does. Well, Mark, we kick off the main episode in the bullpen where a not-so-local citizen needs access to park resources, and we learn about Tom's British heritage. Shocking. <laughs> uh, kind of. Yeah, we uh, we now cut to the bullpen where we see April and Tom are, are manning the front desk, you know, serving the public when they come in for stuff. Um, by the way, did you notice that the front desk there is now all covered in question mark stickers? That is awesome. That's terrific. So we then see uh, an attractive young woman uh, walk in and ask about reserving a park in order to set up a mobile hospital for free vaccinations. And after some brief, some brief snarky uh, repartee with April, Tom steps in completely taken with this woman and immediately panics and puts on a... Uh, British accent. And then, Alan, we learned three things from the rest of this scene. Yeah, yeah. A, the woman's name is Dr. Nadia Stasky, and she's from Doctors Without Borders. Okay. B, Tom has apparently decided to stay with the whole British uh, accent thing. And C, <laughs> April loves this. Like, she is, is apparently having a front row seat to Tom slowly yes. melting down. She's it's just terrific. giddy. That's great. Yeah. Doctors Without Borders, and Tom says, oh, the old D and Bs. The old Ds without Bs. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, what yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I was distracted by his British accent, so. Uh, yeah, it's spot on. He's not from Russia. He's not from Russia. Not whatsoever. Not with that accent. Nope. Well, over in Ron's office, Ben drops in, and the conversation turns from vaccinations to weapons and wills. <laughs> Yeah, we see Ben enter Ron's office to act if he will act as witness and sign the will that he and Leslie put together. And this leads to a conversation that leaves us again with three important facts. A. Ron's will, in air quotes, is a note that he scribbled when he was eight years old that reads, Upon my death, all of my belongings shall transfer to the man or animal who has killed me. Seems right. I mean, yeah, I could see that. That's right. B, Ben reminds Ron that he now has a wife and kids and is adamant that he needs to get a proper will made. C, Ben only convinces Ron to consider complying by telling him if you die and you don't have a real will, most of what you own will go to the government. That that got him up and running. That that woke him up. Yup, yup. We have to mention, though, that Ben, when he sees the note in person, he says, what are these weird symbols? And Ron says, the man who kills me will know. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's important for later. Yeah. Yeah. So worth mentioning and also very funny. Yes. Well, Mark, over in the council chambers, Leslie is finding roadblocks everywhere, trying to continue to be productive while the recall campaign proceeds and Chris arrives with some disturbing information on Twitter. 
Mark, is there any other kind of information on Twitter? No, it all uh, it all sucks. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we now cut to council chambers where we see Leslie trying to submit bills for consideration while Councilman Jim and Dexhart shut him down immediately by voting to A, table all the bills, and B, ending the session early. Something they freely admit they're doing because they don't like Leslie and they're trying to get her recalled by ensuring that she can't get anything done. We then see a, a moderately alarmed uh, Chris uh, enter council chambers, as you mentioned, and approach Leslie to tell her about a sexually graphic tweet that was tweeted from the official Parks and Rec Twitter account. Leslie is initially dubious about how serious it really is, but then Chris shows her the tweet on his phone. Yeah. 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 Well, we might as well bounce into the next scene, yeah. where with this disturbing news in hand, Leslie and Chris head back to the bullpen to talk to the most obvious candidate for posting controversy, uh, controversial material on the web, Mark, uh, Jerry, right? No, is it Jerry? I don't no. think it's going to be who Jerry. Who was it? It's tell me who a, it was, Mark. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, we now cut to the bullpen, where we see Leslie and Chris approaching Donna. Ah. Who well, is relaxing. Makes much more sense. Is relaxing with... Um, Personal massager. Neck, neck massager? Sure. You can use it anywhere, but especially on your neck, arm, backs, and legs. Is it really? That's what we're going with? Okay. All uh, right. Mark, so on on uh, on uh, Target.com, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Prospera PL021 personal massager is $73.99. I am so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> well, it's rated four and a half stars, oh, and, and I read several of the reviews. It's amazing. You're still talking. <laughs> And somebody tried to tell us that it was good for your arm, backs, legs, and neck. Do you want to read some of the reviews? Nope. Like, do you want to go down I this do rabbit not. hole? This, no. This horrible, horrible rabbit hole. Look, There's I only, no FCC that moderates us, but I still don't want to. I only knew about this at all because Constantine told me oh, about well, it. Yeah. Shut up about it. Good Lord. Anyway. <laughs> Harvey um, bought one for his sister. Just, I really need to go on with the show. All right. Donna is relaxing with a neck massager and Constantine, you better play this clip, buddy. I am so done with, I'm done with all of you. I'm just going to get up and just, I got to go get a snack. Constantine, play the clip. I'm getting a snack. I don't want to get recalled, no, but damn, these people know how to pick a neck massager. And before you get on my case about those stickers, I already did them. Donna, there is trouble of brewing. We think that you may have accidentally tweeted from the Parks and Rec account rather than your own personal account. Uh Uh-oh. What did it say? See you tonight. Hope you like tongue baths, you big nasty fireman. Then there's a picture of a pair of lips and then a picture of an eggplant. Ah, see? I'm both confused and if we're being totally honest, a little aroused. Ew. Mm-hmm. Not to give you too much of a peek into my personal life, but this could have been way worse. What's important is we deleted the tweet and nobody is going to know it's you. But Donna, you know, be more careful in the future. This could have really blown up in my face. Oh, oh no! I'm here live at a press conference where Councilman Jeremy Jam will discuss a government scandal we are calling Twitter Watergate until we can find a snappier name for it. Tongue bats, eggplants, firemen. Those men are heroes who deserve respect. 9-11. Rabber. This is how Leslie Nope runs her parks department. We are going to hold hearing after hearing until we are satisfied. This will be blown way out of proportion. <laughs> you have my word on it. Yeah, rubber, rubber, rubber. 
Ooh, this is bad. I'm gonna get fired. No one is getting fired, okay? Jam is trying to use this to hurt me in the recall. He's trying to take me down and he's willing to attack my friends in the process. No, no way, not on my watch. Not on her watch. He is not gonna <laughs> sully your name. No sullying allowed. Don't worry about it, Donna. We're gonna nip this in the bud. Guard your butts, because we're about to get nipped. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Chris is so eager to help. He is over-enthusiastic Chris this week. Yeah, he, yeah love he, it. he totally is. He really is, yes. Well, Mark, in a different part of the Parks Department, mm -hmm. Tom needs some help from a friend, and we learn why Docs Without Borders is in Pawnee in the first place. Ah, the old D's without B's. B's. Um, yeah, I think this is the... Uh, the Jerry Gergich Memorial Conference Room, if I'm that not mistaken. Correct, yes. um, and, and Tom is uh, uh, chatting with Dr. Nadia, uh, where she fills out some forms, and he's still using a British accent. Well, when Nadia steps away for a few minutes to finish the forms, April rolls in, grinning like a madwoman. Like, oh, you've gone insane. That's fun. That was your AK. That was. Um, and, and she is completely giddy about Tom continuing to make a fool out of himself. However... When Tom asks her for help regarding, you know, being stupid and the stupid accent <laughs> and being stupid, April relents a bit and tells him what he needs to hear. Specifically, he either needs to A, stop, sure, or B, talk like that for the rest of his life. <laughs> to which Tom says, you think she'd marry me? Like, he just read right into that. Yeah. 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 Do you think that's an option? I think the answer is no. No. Yeah, no. I'm pretty sure, in fact. No, it's not going to happen. Well, down the street, Ben and Ron have arrived at a familiar law firm, and we meet with a familiar lawyer who, despite some uh, Wyatt accounting swagger, is not a fan of puns. Yeah. He's not a fan of uh, people transporting things to his office either. He really is not. No. Jason Statham, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, yeah, we now cut to the law office of Babip. Picota, Vorp, and Eckstein, which oh we're going to abbreviate as the BPVE. Thank God. Yeah, yeah, because we love acronyms. Yes, we so, do. So Ben and Ron are preparing to meet with lawyer Trevor Nelson. This is the same guy, Alan, that helped Dr. Saperstein open Tommy's closet across the street from That's where Rick I recognize Swag. him from. That's right. So Trevor, the lawyer, walks in, and Ben tries to schmooze him with his accounting humor, as he does, and he utterly fails. Trevor then asks Ron for his assets and liabilities, and Ron point blank says nope. And which point Trevor says, if you can't give me that information, dude, there's nothing I can do. Well, and as I mentioned, uh, Trevor is not a fan of uh, puns, and that, that happens to be Ben's favorite currency. So this may be problematic. Oh, yeah. I, I think Ben thought he could, you know, win his way into Trevor the lawyer's heart. And as you said, he just said, dude, I'll tell you one last time. You check the accountant crap at the door. <laughs> yes, sir, I will. Yes, sir. Unintentional. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's great. And, and you know, I, I know Ben was trying to impress Ron, but I don't think it's going well. No, no. no. He just wants to know how long this, this charade is going to last. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Well, back in council chambers, the hearing is underway, and Councilman Jam is playing it up for all it's worth, and quite a bit more than that, in fact. Yeah. Council Chambers and Councilman Jam starts the hearings against Leslie for the aforementioned steamy tweet. And Leslie states it very simply. A Parks and Rec employee forgot to log out of the Parks and Rec Twitter account. They posted a personal, private message by accident. The person's very sorry. Won't happen again. Pretty straightforward. Unfortunately, Jam is determined to turn this whole thing into a media circus, like we said. And he proceeds to A, accuse Leslie of flip-flopping due to her original guess that it was likely a bored teenager. 
B, claim this scandal makes Benghazi look like whitewater. Whatever that means. It makes sense. And C, demands that they hear from the unnamed employee behind the tweet so that they can finally get some answers. Mm. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens. Mm. And of course, Councilman Dexart is on high alert because uh, he, I think he likes the source material. Well, yeah, it, it, Jam at the end says, we need to hear this unnamed employee, perhaps he sure. or she, or them, it could be a bunch of hot ladies. Oh my God. Yes, perhaps them can give us the answers that we need. Oh my Lord, yeah. these two working together is scary. Yeah. Well, meanwhile, in the Parks Department, the bureaucracy continues, and it seems like the Parks employee is more interested in the forms requester than in completing the, and processing said forms, Mark. Boy, he said a mouthful there. I sure did. So we He now, likes the girl. We, <laughs> <laughs> yes. With the form. We now cut back to the bullpen where we see Tom walk in with some coffee. Although, Alan, something is different and I can't quite put yeah. my finger what on it. What is it, Mark? Hey, Constantine, put, why don't you put your finger on it and play this clip? Yeah, that finger. Yeah, Not that one. What, what, what? There she is. Nadia, I didn't know what you wanted, so I got you a cappuccino, a latte, four bags of coffee beans, and mini espresso machine. What happened to your accent? Oh yeah, it's gone. Huh. You know, I had a cold recently. I think that may have affected my voice, like, in certain British ways. Well, that's all there is to that story, so no need for any more questions. Do you have a cold? Can I feel your glands? Sure. Wow, you are wearing a lot of moisturizer on your throat. Best way to prevent crow's neck. Yep. Is this glitter? So, those are the forms. You filled them out. Great. April's gonna file these. Hey, when is the thing you're doing in the park? I'd love to come by, maybe help administer vaccines. Oh, are you a doctor, somehow? No. No follow-up to that? Okay, great. Um, well, I'm not actually going to be attending the event, so if you could just give me the permit so that I can go home to Indianapolis and never come back here. I am in love with Nadia, whatever her last <laughs> name is. And I'm going to keep her here using the most powerful weapon I have, bureaucratic incompetence. Oh, my. Oh, no. You filled out form 3208. You're supposed to fill out form 3208. Four, eight. Dope. Oh, God. This is to Lisa Hanger at the airport. I know, it's so crazy, it almost sounds made up. <laughs> Bureaucracy, right? <laughs> what are you gonna do? Huh, weird. Someone left out a blender, fresh fruits, and rum? I guess we gotta, like, make daiquiris now. You gotta. I like to listen to music while I work, you know? <laughs> you know that song? What is this place? <laughs> That's a fair question. Yeah, what is happening here? What is this place? That was DJ Roomba making another appearance. Oh, I love DJ Roomba. I love it. Mark, the, the other thing I do like about this, I have to say, is April just kind of casually commenting that this seems totally made up. Yeah. He, she's trying to help. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's being April helpful. Yeah, that's, that, what I call that's that. her way of helping. It really is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, bouncing back over to the hearing, Sexy Dexy weighs in on the quality of Donna's posts and somehow has gotten access to all of them. <laughs> yeah, we cut back to council chambers and Donna prepares to give a statement, but not before, as you said, Councilman Dexart tells Donna that he is really, really a big fan of her writing. Who? 
Oh, sexy Dexy, you're such an idiot. Anyway, Donna goes on to plainly state she obviously never meant to embarrass the Parks Department. I mean, her personal account is set to private. Leslie confirms this, saying even she has no idea what Donna writes on there. Well, Councilman Jam then summons uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, telling the assembled <laughs> audience that there's a twist. While Leslie may not know what Donna is writing in her private account, they do. Thanks to an assist from Typhoon, the hairdresser that uh, Donna and Jam happened to share. Wow. I like them apples. And, and Donna's like, why'd you do this? And he says, maybe if you bothered to come to my great Gatsby brunch, you'd know. Yeah, but she didn't. She did not. That's what happens. Yeah. This is like uh, when Jim didn't go to uh, what's-her-name's party there, and uh, she got mad at him. Oh, is that from a show? That's from a show. Oh, yeah, good. Go check out that show. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, across town at the law offices of BPVE or uh, Bell Biv DeVoe, whatever you want to call it, Trevor is finally able to <laughs> coax Ron DeVoe. into sharing details about his personal finances. Well, make that a detail. And I, it's hard to even call it a detail, in fact. I don't like it when you, 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 you slander boy bands like that. Stop it. All right. So, uh, yeah, we cut back to the law office of BPVE, where uh, Trevor the lawyer uh, continues to hound Ron for even the slightest bit of information with Ben looking on. Ron finally gives in a little and agrees to provide a ballpark figure, which he <clears throat> secretly writes down on a tiny piece of paper and slides it across the desk to Trevor the lawyer. Trevor the lawyer looks at the paper, looks up at Ron and says, and I quote, Holy beep, is this a joke? <laughs> Apparently, Ron is filthy rich. Yeah, with, I get that impression. A, with an estate large enough that his children would never have to work a day in their lives. And Trevor goes on to say, you know, holy crap, for an amount this large, it's going to take some time. We need to, trust need to be drawn, attack shelters, etc. Unfortunately, <clears throat> this is enough to drive away yeah. the already skittish Ron. He changes his mind, hands the will to Trevor the lawyer that he drew up when he was eight years yeah, old yeah. and says, do lawyer nonsense to that <laughs> to make this official good day. Good day, leaves. sir. Yeah. Uh, then Trevor, of course, says, wait, what are these symbols? And Ron says, I was right not to be threatened by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, he's you're, not the man yeah, who will kill him. You're not him. Not him. Right, right. Yeah, love it. Well, back at the hearing, the dirt comes out and the damage gets done and Leslie functionally gets Twitter jammed. Oh, a new form of jam. I was looking for a new one. Yeah, me too, me too. We now cut back to council chambers where Jam prepares to dive into Donna's private account with great delight. Constantine, get off that phone right now. Play the clip, please. Okay, I would like to enter into the record a selection of Ms. Meagle's tweets. Uh-oh. Uh, can I request a brief recess? It's okay, Donna. I'm not going to let them fire you. Yeah, it's not me I'm worried about. <laughs> Miss Beavers, if you please. Yesterday, 9.02 a.m., <laughs> annoying ass Leslie has given me another annoying ass task. Number sign stickers, number sign bitch boss. <laughs> oh, September 25th, Twitter poll. On a scale of 98 to 100, how annoying is Leslie Nope? Because you know it ain't less than 98. <laughs> All my number sign True Blood fans know what's up. Page after page of personal attacks on Leslie Nope. Not only do you have no control over your department, you don't even have the respect of your employees. That's what you really think of me? You think I'm annoying? Leslie, 
Sometimes you're kind of annoying. I mean, I thought that was your thing. My thing? My thing is not being annoying. My things are making friendship bracelets and dancing like nobody's watching. Thinking up really cool nicknames for my friends. You of all people should know that, El Diablo. <laughs> Look, the only reason I'm even on Twitter is to blow off steam about work and tweet nasty stuff to dudes with washboard abs. You really think I hate you after all we've been through the last 10 years? I honestly don't know anymore. Okay, I think we've done a lot of good here today. Ugh. <sighs> jam. Twitter jammed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, over in Chris's office, Chris shares a few more of Donna's tweets that Jam glossed over with Leslie and gives her and us a lesson in linguistics. Yep. We now see Leslie sitting in Chris's office, clearly upset about what happened in council chambers. And Leslie asks Chris to be honest. Is she, in fact, annoying? And Chris considers his answer and then says, I, I think that you ask a lot of the people that you work with. Mm. And I think that people do what you ask because they love you. But I also think that driving people as hard as you do can ruffle some feathers. I think a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chris and Leslie then proceed to read a couple of additional tweets from Donna's account that convey a little bit different message. First, quote, message to the recall haters. You can't keep Leslie Nope down. She's too real for this ish. Hashtag boss bitch. Hmm. And then, quote, Leslie Nope is stepping up at these hearings and taking a bullet for me. Hashtag sister from another mister. Hashtag boss bitch. So Chris concludes from this that yeah. while bitch boss may be an indication of Donna's frustration, boss bitch is clearly an indication of Donna's endearment. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff. He says, isn't language fun? It's like racquetball for your mouth. Now who's being annoying? <laughs> I love Chris in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Well, we return to the bullpen where Tom is pushing Nadia to her limits and April has the beginnings of a haberdashery should this gig at the Parks Department not work out. Holy crap. Yeah. We now cut back to the bullpen as we see Tom be a little bit too much Tom. Um, yeah. Nadia continues to fill out forms in the conference room and Tom tells April, I can't stall Nadia for much longer. What am I going to do? And then Nadia comes out of the conference room having completed the nonsense that Tom gave her. I think it was to rent a terminal and a commercial airline or something. something. Anyway, when Nadia asks if she can now finally please have the park permit, Tom tells her, oops, no, sorry, there was a mistake and we gave the park to someone else. Uh-oh. Tom offers to drive Nadia around, you know, we could look for another park and maybe take in some lunch, you like tamales, but this is a bridge too far, Alan. Nadia has had it. She tells them politely that she hopes they all get West Nile virus and then she storms <laughs> out without the permit. Uh-oh. Nice meeting you, April. Kind of. You're weird, too. Thank you. <laughs> April was not insulted by that. Nope. Yeah, not surprising. Well, up next in Ron's office, Ben is going to take one more stab at addressing what he thinks might be bothering Ron about the whole legal process. And Ron reveals that he knows at least one fact about his form of destructor. We now cut to Ron's office, where Ron is playing a solitary game of darts right before Ben arrives. Constantine, for the love of God, play the clip, please. We need to talk. That has never been true. <laughs> I think I know what's happening. Thinking about how to divide up your possessions for when you die, it's tough confronting your own mortality, and I think it's got you spinning a little bit. All right? Wow. I had not considered that. 
Yes, I think that maybe you are onto something. Yeah. Just know that it's perfectly healthy to be thinking about. Look at that look. Oh, oh you're joking. Yes, son, I am. <laughs> First joke ever. Don't care for it. Death <laughs> does not scare me. What I am worried about is spoiling my children. I don't want them to be the kind of people who never work, live off their trust funds, who buy their wooden furniture. I will leave my children $50 a piece for the cab home from my funeral and a steak dinner. End of discussion. Okay. I mean, look, it doesn't matter how much money you leave your kids. What matters is that you teach them the right values. But if something horrible happens and you want your kids to be left alone with no safety net just so they can learn some kind of weird lesson, then by all means, leave your fortune to the wild boar who gores you to death. And never lose to a boar. <laughs> that's what he took away from that. Yep, that's the takeaway. Uh, I think he may be chewing on a little more than that, though. He, he acts like Ben is just ridiculous, but yes. I think some things may be sinking in. I love the catfish, though. He did. Oh, yeah. Him. That was terrific. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. Well, from Ron's office, we take a trip over to our favorite bench at City Hall, where Leslie is ready to apologize and at least try to be less, well, Leslie. Is this was this the bench that's by the the field of wildflowers? I believe it is. Is that the one? I I couldn't tell. I thought maybe it was like right outside council chambers. I believe this is the bench. Mm, I think it's because it's where Leslie goes when she's either having a good thought or pondering perhaps a bad one. When she needs to think, that's one exactly way or the right. other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, we're, Leslie's seated on a bench, as you mentioned, and we see Donna quietly walk up and sit down next to her. Well, this is a really nice scene between Leslie and Donna. We basically come away again with three takeaways. A, Leslie and Donna apologize to each other for the most part and, and are once again good with yeah. each other. B, Leslie tells Donna she got her an apology present. Of course she did. All of Donna's favorite lipsticks and nail polishes, and she got the same ones too, and she printed out a schedule, and now they can wear them at the same time. And then C, uh, Donna starts to tweet about this, and Leslie <laughs> says, wait, 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 is the hashtag going to be boss bitch or bitch boss? And Donna responds with, no, this is going to be psycho boss. Huh. And Leslie thinks about it, and eh, she didn't I hate, hate it. that. No, yeah. that's all right. That's terrific. Yeah. I like that scene a lot. Well, back at the law offices of... Uh, BPVE. Yeah, not Bell Bib DeVoe. No, no, by no, the no. way, all right. I, I, I revere them. I was not making fun of them. I, I love the 90s boy bands. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, I'll admit it. I'm man enough to admit it, Mark. Mm. Maybe. Well, anyway, <laughs> Ron has formulated a plan for his inheritance that is a win-win for him and the kids and flatters Ben and Leslie with another aspect of his last wishes. Hmm. Well, we now cut back to the law offices of BPVE, where Ben sees Ron meeting with Trevor the lawyer once again. Ron admits he considered what Ben said, and he's decided to leave each of his children 5% of his fortune. That doesn't like much. Ben looks at the portfolio. I think he's getting ready to scoff, like, oh, 5%. And then, like Trevor from earlier in the episode, is stunned and asks, holy bleep, is this a joke? <laughs> like I said before, apparently Ron is filthy rich. Yeah. I, I, did, I got a calculator and just played some numbers, you know, dividing by 95%. Yeah. He's got to have a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron goes on to tell Ben that he and Diane have decided... Should something happen to them, that the kids should go to the most important people in their lives. Oh, I'm flattered. The Mater D at Mill Mulligan Steakhouse, Ralph Piatowski and his wife Helen. Of course. I mean, duh. 
However, seeing as they are in their 90s, Ron goes on to tell Ben he and Leslie are choice number two. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, You know what? And I'm sure that Ron just couldn't admit that it was going to be Ben and Leslie. Yeah. So that's what he did instead. Yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. Save face a little. It's save face. That's don't, exactly don't, right. Don't look so smug there, Ben, there. Like, you're not our number one choice. That's right. Don't you step back. Yeah, you're 1B. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, briefly, back in council chambers, Leslie and Donna take control of this sham trial, and Donna demonstrates what happens when you cross her. We now cut back for the final time to council chambers, at least for this episode, where Jam tells everyone, take your seats, take your seats, and he's anxious to get on with his little uh, witch hunt witch there. Hunt, yeah. And he, he wonders aloud, well, uh, speaking of those witches, where where are Leslie and Donna? I don't, I don't see them. Well, at that moment, Leslie and Donna burst into council chambers like a freight train, and they confidently walk up to Jam, and they announce to him, and everyone gathered, that they are not going to sit in this room and let him drag their names through the mud just to score some cheap political points. Furthermore, they have had enough, they are leaving, and Leslie is going back to work so that she can do some good for this town. And what's more, her good friend Donna is coming with her. Very nice. Yeah. Then, of course, a couple of other things happen there. Oh, yeah. We, we learned that Donna likes her new nickname, El Diablo. El Diablo, and yeah. And prefer to be called by that. Yep. Um, and that, of course, you know, Typhoon says, you know, Donna, quit punishing me. I, I miss you. Mm-mm. Come back. Mm-mm. And Donna says, uh, uh-uh, not going to happen. Bridge burn, Typhoon. That's right. Or should I say Norman? <gasps> yeah. Oh. I mean, that was the worst thing she could have done to him right there. Well, you know, you you, you mess with the bulls and you, you mess with horns. El Diablo, you get the horns. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, finally in the kicker, with some help from April, Tom scores a victory in the battle that nearly all statisticians across the world, Mark, would have said it was completely impossible to win. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would have taken that bet. Yeah, me too. For our very last scene, the kicker, we cut to the great city of India, Napnapnapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. And specifically, we cut to Montesian Memorial Hospital, where April has accompanied Tom on a journey to try and make things right with Dr. Nadia. That's where I was born. Constantine, please, for the love of God, just this one last clip. Play us out, buddy. Okay, I'm just going to man up, tell her how I feel, and hope she feels the same way about me. And that's that. If she doesn't, no big deal. Yeah. It's done. I'm yeah. an adult. Let's do it. Yeah. Great. Let's do it. Nope. I can't do it. New plan. Tell her all the squirrels are your fault. I'll tell her I had to cover for you because you are so dumb. <laughs> Nadia! Good to see you. We're very sorry for everything you went through today. I have reserved the park for your event. Now, April has something she'd like to admit. Tom wants me to tell you that all the screw-ups are my fault, but really he kept messing up so that you would stay in Pawnee as long as possible because he is super into you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Several questions. Is any part of him British? No. So that was just weird, panicky dude behavior? Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out if acting that insane is like romantic or totally scary. <laughs> I'll go with romantic. Aww. He is kind of cute. What's his deal? He's sweet, he's cool, and you're like way out of his league, so there's literally no risk for you at all here. Okay. Well, I'm going to Rwanda in like two weeks for my job, so what the hell. Cool. So, you want to go out with me? Yes, please. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Okay, you owe me like a thousand favors. See ya. 
Very nice. I love April, you know, rescuing Tom, I suppose, and he's just standing there, yes. you know, just like not saying anything, just He can't stunned. breathe. No, it's like, yeah. ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yes, please. He, he's like a fly on a wall in his own emaciation. I love it. Yep. So, yeah. Well, fade to black, right? Fade to black. Yeah. Well, Mark, nice job on the episode breakdown. Let's do our normal thing where we take a break, get our notes together, come back, and uh, talk through the rest of this. Let's do it, man. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. And now, a very special message from our spokesperson, Ron Swanson. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. Like the sands in an hourglass, this world and everything in it is transitory. Change is inevitable. Indeed, change is the only constant. When these changes occur, it's hard not to become introspective, asking the big questions like, what does it all mean? And what is our purpose? To that end, we must love and appreciate the here and now. Reflect, consider, and savor those things we should be grateful for. With those words, I would like to pause and have a moment of silence as we remember Charles Mulligan Steakhouse, the best damn steakhouse in the damn state. As the story goes, in 1914, Charles Mulligan got drunk wandered into a field and punched a man to death. The man turned out to be a cow, and that cow turned out to be a delicious steak. <sighs> so beautiful, it's like poetry. Eat your heart out, John Keats. I still remember my first trip to Indianapolis to eat at Mulligan Steakhouse like it was yesterday. I was just a barely mustachioed kid full of optimism and pipe dreams. I was so excited I got three speeding tickets on the way there. My first steak dinner there was so satiating and totally fulfilling that I actually wrote my first and only poem about it later that night. I called it Memories of Mulligans, or M-O-M for short. In fact, I believe I would have chosen that steak over my real M-O-M. But the magic didn't stop there. For the better part of two decades, I witnessed masterpiece after masterpiece. The classic ribeye, the perfect porterhouse, and eventually a specialty cut so large they call it Conan the Enforcer, Destroyer of Bowels. Totally worth it. Whether served with dry rub, béarnaise sauce, or even plain, whether served with lagavulin or even a simple glass of water, these names and experiences will live on in my memory. So here's to you, Charles Mulligan, and your beautiful, beautiful steakhouse. Thank you for bringing your Brigadoon to our world. Thank you. That is all. everybody we're back well mark uh, this week reminded me a little bit of last week in terms of the deleted scenes not a lot not a lot yeah we had uh, four primary scenes about two minutes and 16 seconds um you know we had a little bit of stuff uh, dealing with the gift bags that are in the cold open right it was kind of funny i thought actually yeah um you know ron won't share any information ben won't stop with the counting puns 
Um, Tom is in love with Nadia despite knowing her for 10 minutes. But I think it was just an alt of the scene they kept in. And then uh, April tries to comfort Tom by giving them really, really bad advice, which, you know, more April fun. So Yeah, it wasn't bad. They were all kind of funny in their own way, but nothing we couldn't live without this week. Agreed. Yeah. How about tropes first and fun facts, Mark? Um, I've got a little bit going on this week. How about you? I had I did good with first. Actually, not not great with tropes. But so for first, I said uh, we're first introduced to the infamous question mark stickers, which oh, will yeah. show up sporadically during the remainder of season six. Um, th- uh, who put up with great zest by uh, April or yes. maybe the Riddler, one or the other, one of the two. Um, we are first introduced. No one's ever seen them in the same room together. No, no, we Weird. haven't. So, you know, you do that math. <laughs> um, we are first introduced to Dr. Nadia Stasky, played Correct. by Tatiana Maslany. Yep. Um, we first, I think, get a clear idea that Ron is filthy rich. He's mentioned gold, that it's been buried, and he has quite a bit of it, but not like we had no idea how much. Like the, the, I would say the closest we come to in the past is he said, I don't know much how much money I have, but I know how many pounds of money I have, which is kind of a baller statement. It is a baller statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you when you do the 5%, well, they'll do fine. Yeah. That, you Holy do the reverse crap. math on that. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and lastly, we are first. Firstly, we are last. Lastly, we are first introduced to Norman Typhoon. Montalban, Donna, and Jam's hairdresser. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No, I, those are those are the ones I had, and I didn't even have uh, Typhoon, so mm. nice job. Yeah. How about tropes? I actually had a few this week, which is rare for me. I usually just piggyback off you. I, I need to piggyback off you this time. Um, first of all, I wrote down PBJ, and then I went, huh? Nope. He didn't even have any lines. No. He, uh, he emoted with yeah. his mouth closed. Right. But uh, that was about it. Uh, I said... Uh, DJR, the return of DJ Roomba. Yep, good one. Uh, oh, I said over the top Leslie it, because of her apology present to Donna. Absolutely. That, that was pretty good. Yep. Um, um, mugged the camera. I, I yes. clocked April and Ben did a lot of that. There may have been some others, but I thought they Those were the main, the the main candidates. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also said Bah, B A H, Ben Accountant Humor. Oh, that's a good one. My my version of that was Ben loves puns, but yes. Oh yeah. But, but yours is better. It's broader and it's more true. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. Like that. I, that's all I had. How about you? Fun with names. I mean, they're all over the script. Oh nothing yeah, else. yeah, yeah. The lawyer, you know, the Bill Bibb DeVoe people, all yeah. that. I mean, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, I've got uh, uh, Ron loves Mulligans. Oh, how could I miss that yeah. good one? Yeah. Uh, Ron hates the government. Yes. Yeah, which is pretty obvious. Uh, jamming leisurely just because. Ah. Uh, you know. Jamming leisurely? Leisurely? Yeah. Yeah. Jamming Leslie le- leisurely just because. Wow. That's actually what I meant to say. Wow. It's, it's getting Shut even up. worse. That, that's a great one, though. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Um, Pawnee is unhealthy. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, West Nile virus, just saying. Yeah. Dexhart is a pig. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was hard not to come back to. Yeah. I think that's it for me. I think uh, that's a good list. Yeah, I, I actually uh, was pr- kind of proud of my tropes list this week. I nice usually job. not. So, <laughs> how about goofs, Mark? None. Okay, so I've got. Um, I actually got one myself here, and I've mm. got one off the internet that I was able to disprove. Mm. So the one on the internet was: it says during the the press conference uh, by Jam, the weather is apparently sunny. Uh, but Nope and her co-workers are watching Jam's press conference from inside the same building with rain outside in the background. Mm. So I went and looked and said, is that true? 
Well, if you only look at the one scene where you see Jam, it's kind of brightish, but they all do have raincoats on. But in the establishing shot, everyone's standing there under umbrellas. So this is just wrong. Well, Sorry. Well, not only that, but let's be real. For those of you who live in the great, great state of Indiana, Correct. You, you tell me if the weather can't literally turn on a dime. So so even if that so were true. true, I would go so. Yeah. It's true to fact. Oh, we've experienced 20 degree drops just like multiple times in the last five month. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the last. Maybe not the last five minutes. minutes. Yeah. All, right, all right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Math is you know, made that impossible. Not my friend. Yeah. But um, the, the goof I caught was in the setup for why Ron should make his will. Ben says, you know, Ron, if, if you die and you don't have a real will, most of what you own will go to the government. Mm. That's just absolutely not true. Mm. It's funny. And it was it's a, a good, good way setup. to motivate him. Yes. But it is not. It's not true. It's, not, it's true. not true in most states, and definitely not in Indiana. In Indiana, if you die without a will, your assets will pass to your closest relatives. And I read a whole thing about, like, what if you don't have brothers not and sisters? Now make it tied up for a and, while. Well, yeah, if it goes into probate. Yes. And the limit for probate starts at $50,000. Hmm. Just so you know. Well, the more you know, the more you grow. That's true. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Um, and then I had one other goof that I'm going to I'm gonna put on the table. Wow. I got to see how you feel about this one. All right. So Ron talks about the maitre d' at Mulligan's. Yeah. Which was also another fun with name. Right. right? Mulligan's closed in episode 3.6 Indianapolis due to the health department. Right. And they've never established that it's been reopened. No. But he talks about the maitre d' as if he still works at Mulligan's. Well, you know, look. I'm calling it a goof. I don't, I don't or think so. Or continuity error, whatever you want to call it. I don't think so because, you know, it, Mulligan's was such a, a, a dear, dear uh, part of his life. And you could say, well, whatever. you know. I mean, he's kept in touch with him. Okay, I get it. Well, I mean, no, but he's like, Probably hey, true. I mean, you call him up and go, remember that that steak? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> that was a good like, one. That was a good one. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's pretty close. So. I mean, I'll, if Ron calls anybody on the phone, he probably does call that guy. I'll allow it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> How about fun facts, Mark? Did you have any fun facts this week? How about those fun facts? Well, we already talked to death about Donna's yes. neck massager so i'm yeah. just gonna target.com slash p slash prosperity i'll just i'll put the link on our website oh good i was hoping <laughs> that this can just go on and on and on um the, the the only other fun fact i had uh just had some miscellaneous stuff about um you know dr nadia stasky played by canadian actress tatiana maslani who uh three things a uh, I love the. She asked about glitter on Tom's neck when she was feeling yeah. his glands, and I think that's a reference back to when Tom came up with the idea of sparkle suds. Yeah, twinkle, twinkle, big star. That's and right. uh, B, she also used a fake British accent on the show Orphan Black, one of my favorite shows, where she played Sarah Manning. Yeah, and then C, she would eventually join the amazing number of people from this Good show God. that have joined the MCU. Crazy. Specifically starring in the title role of Jennifer Walters as She-Hulk. Attorney at law. Attorney at law. Don't forget that part. Yeah. Yeah. She corrects everyone if you forget that part. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's those are good uh, good fun facts and both true. Yeah. Nice and job. fun. Yeah. Um, I, I was going to add one other thing about her mm. that I found interesting. So, she did comedic improv for 10 years in participated in the Canadian Improv Games. Hmm. It's like kind of like Improv Olympics, if you will. Yeah. So 
you know, she has a long history of improv. And I'd say... And curling. Yeah. Well, and curling. Of course, they all Canadians do. Yeah, hurry but, like, hard. I, I, I knew her mostly from Orphan Black originally. Mm-hmm. So, in which, you know, there are some of her characters she plays in there, the various, uh, you know, clones. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. Um, what? Oh. Are, you know, there's some humor in that show. Mm-hmm. It's not lost on me. And she's very funny in this episode. And She-Hulk can be funny at times. I'm still out... I, I'm still out. Yeah, I, I like it, but I'm not sure yet. So yeah. we'll see when it comes back. But, um, but I just thought it was interesting. Good improv background from someone you wouldn't necessarily immediately associate with that. I, I, I can tell that she is very, very talented. I have some things to say about her on this show, though. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, I, I'm curious to hear what you got to say. Yeah. Uh, the last one I'll say, Mark, is on a fun fact. Uh, because Charles Mulgan's on the table, mm-hmm. um, I did some research on on him, and it turns out that he's believed to be based on John L. Sullivan, who was the last bare-knuckle boxing champion. Yeah, I know him. Uh, you do? Good. Uh, Uncle Joe. And um, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John, rather. Uh, but there's actually a steakhouse in Mississippi called Sully's that mm. is actually named after him. Um, and it's located basically in the same place where the fight occurred, where he basically won after 76 rounds. That's crazy. That's nuts. And that's bare, bare-fisted bare fighting. Well, it used to Can be when you had bare-fisted knuckle fighting yeah. there. If it, I went if three it, rounds once. If it didn't go over 40 rounds, you demanded your nickel back. <laughs> Not the band, the currency. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Because we don't want to talk about nickel back no, the band. Oh, God. All right. Well, nice job, Mark, on the goofs, yeah. fun facts, the tropes, the furs, all that fun stuff. Yeah, Let's get into stuff. our scores. Let's get into those scores. Wrap all this right. thing up. Well, my uh, co-MVPs for this episode are Amy Poehler as Leslie Nope and Retta as Donna Meagle. Interesting. Okay. So, first of all, hats off to Retta. Clearly, we've said for a long time, very, very talented and funny. Yeah. And, and there's been an unfortunate uh, tendency for her role as Donna uh, to often be limited to the background. Yep. I think that this may be the biggest Donna episode to date. By, by far. I, I, it was really nice to see Retta get the spotlight. And at this point in the show, with Ann and Chris leaving is probably fairly common knowledge, Fans of the show may have had a clue that this could have been on purpose. You know, let's expand uh, Donna's role a little bit to help fill the void that we know is coming. And at first I thought maybe they're trying to set up Donna as a potential new bestie for Leslie uh, once Anne leaves. But I, I like the idea of expanding Donna's role, but that seems like maybe a bit much. So that may be a leap, uh, you know, so I got to back myself off of that. I also thought Amy Poehler did a great job in this episode. I like the way that Leslie came across in this one, especially when compared to the last two episodes where she was, let's say, uncomfortably manic. You know, in this episode, I thought she was she was smart and well-reasoned and thoughtful, but still with the trademark Leslie quirkiness that caused us to shake our heads with a chuckle, not with disgust. You know, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. Um we had mentioned this a little bit at the very start of the show, Alan. You know, the, the title Gin It Up. Now, two episodes ago, with the Pawnee Eagleton tip-off classic, that was probably the longest, the wordiest title that NBC ever came up with for a Parks and Rec episode. This one maybe is the weirdest. It's the strangest. Because that is a very particular idiom. That it is. I, I mean, 
I wasn't familiar with it at I'm all. I'm old too, and I didn't know it. You are ancient, and you didn't know it. Two and years so, older than you. Shut <laughs> up. Easy. So don't lump me in with you, old man. So <laughs> and, and 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 also, no one used that phrase in the show, and no one like did the drinky drink. So then you go like, well, what the hell? Why you know why would they do that? And then we talked about what it meant, and then it made more sense. But it was just an interesting choice, you yeah, know. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, I thought that this is the only thing I'll say about uh, uh, Tatiana Maslany. She was very good as as Doctor Nadia Stasky, and I could tell that she had chops. Yeah, I just feel like she was kind of wasted. Like I, every now and again, I'll see that with with a guest star that I know is really really yeah. talented, and then like oh, you didn't, oh, you should have done something with them. You know, well, she's back in the next episodes. I know, but it's just so maybe they'll do more. Maybe we'll I hope so. Because yeah. I mean, I like her. I, I agree with you, though. I won't disagree at all. So, yeah, um, I noticed that in some ways this is just like, you know, uh, just Mark Mark being, uh, uh, you know, uh, just pondering, pondering, looking thoughtful into the sky. Uh, in, in a lot of ways, Ron and Leslie sometimes seem similar like in their plot points in that, you know, they have an overreaction and it's followed by an understanding and then finally a trade-off. But really in a wider perspective, I've come to the conclusion, this is just a very formulaic approach that's used by a lot of sitcoms for a lot of characters, including this one. As Chandler from Friends would say, uh-oh, this is the episode of Three's Company where there was a misunderstanding, right? <laughs> it, it's true that formulaic is not necessarily going to push boundaries, but formulaic is not always bad. You know, the formula exists for a reason. It's usually dependable. Yeah. Um, and I like this episode, so I'm not trying to criticize it. I just, I, I, I kind of realize, like, do-do-do-do-do, extreme, do-do-do-do-do, let me consider, do-do-do-do, trade-off. Yeah, all yeah. right. Um, I missed Anne a little bit this week. And, and I came to the conclusion mm. that her being gone, Andy being gone, and Jerry hardly being in it and not having any lines, once again, I'm not saying from a plot point, I, yep. get, I get it, I totally get it, yep. but it made this episode just feel a little bit more empty than, than the usual, you know, with, with usually with 10 cast members that we're I used to, you know? I think that's very true. Um, and I think, I just, it was just curious. I think this is the third uh, episode to date that Rashida Jones has missed with the prior ones being uh, season two, episode 17, woman of the year and season five, episode three, how a bill becomes a law. Cause I remember when Leslie goes, uh, when the Anne is away, the mice get perms. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, enough of that craziness. Let's go on to the Mark rubric, which everybody knows and loves. Let's see. All right. So I'm going to give this sucker a 4.5 base score. I actually liked all three stories yeah. pretty well. I, I'd say that Tom uh, pining after Nadia maybe is the weakest one, but only barely. And I would say only because I feel like Tom went a little too far and just made me kind of go, all right, Tom, you're starting to get... Ob not funny Tom, but obnoxious Tom, and I, I, I wish he hadn't quite because that he far. did it at all, or he did it for too long. For too long, okay. That that just is my take on it. But still, I, I liked all three stories, so four point five for that. I'm gonna give half point each to each of my episode co MVPs: Retta as Don and Meagle, and Amy Poehler as Leslie. No, 
I'm going to give half point for what I thought was a really nice list of guest stars. You got, again, Tatiana Maslany as Dr. Nadia Stasky, uh, the great Mark Evan Jackson as lawyer oh Trevor Nelson. So How can yes. you not like him? I love him. Um, John Glazer as Councilman Jeremy Jam. Kevin Simon as Sexy Dexy, Councilman Bill Dexhart. Who's been on our show. Yes, that's right. James Green, the venerable Councilman Milton. Yvonne's Jordan as Councilman Hauser, the only one there worth a damn other than Leslie. Um, true. The great Helen Slayton Hughes no. as Ethel Beavers. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm always watching Wazowski. <laughs> so so good. Uh, Jay Jackson as uh, Perd yeah. Happily. Who's been on our show. Who's been on our show. And uh, Rodney Toe as Norman Typhoon Montalbaum. So good. Yeah. So half point for all those. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give, uh, now we've got cheater combos coming up. I'm going to give a half point for the Swanson combo. So okay. I, I want to say Ron's attitude toward towards lawyers and jokes, jokes are a form of lying, plus the will that Ron made out when he was eight years old with the symbols. I just love that. I He's my man crush. I love yeah. it when Swansonisms come to the, come to the, the, the top. I love that. Um, I'm going to give half point for what I call the respect combo. You got Donna and Leslie's story underlying uh, their mutual respect and friendship, uh, plus Ron grudgingly showing respect to Ben by not only listening to him regarding what he's leaving his kids, but also really, like you said, choosing him and Leslie as an emergency guardians. That's really what he did there. Yeah. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Tom's an idiot combo. Um, watching Tom make a fool of himself with a British accent, plus watching April giddy at her front row seat to watching Tom melt down, plus Dr. Nadia's ability to spar with April on the fly, plus Dr. Nadia making Tom fall even more in love with her via her imaginary airline name, JetBlue Ivy, because you know that Jay-Z and Beyonce's kid will eventually own her own airline. Um, and we're going to give one more half point to what I call the support combo. For Chris in the A story, April in the B story, and Ben in the C story, I, I feel like they did decent jobs to help boost everybody else, mm -hmm. even though they weren't the spotlight. Again, like I like to say, they were they were the Samwise to their Frodo. Yeah. But, you know, good on you, mate. That's my British. Um, so half point for that. <laughs> shrimp so, on the Barbie or something. Shrimp on know. the Barbie and stuff. Yeah. Bibbidi -bobbidi. So you add up all the crazy mark points there, and you come up with 8.0 Little Sebastians. I feel like... I feel like Parks and Rec, ever since the, the, the season premiere, it's kind of been, like for me, like kind of idling at this like 7.58 range. And, and I don't know that I would say it's in a rut. I don't know if that's fair to say, because these episodes are still funny and they're still enjoyable. I will say, knowing how much better this show can be that's when fair. it's really, yeah. really on its game, it just seems like it needs like a little shot of adrenaline or something just yeah. to kind of break out of this new baseline. So uh, anyway, Alan, that's my review. Rock that scuba. Nice job, Mark. Yeah. Um, I, I'll start right off just by saying I agree with you in terms of it feeling like it's not reaching its peak each week. Mm. And yet I would argue that even an eight is a nine at least for most other shows. Oh, and so, a 17 for Two and a Half Men, oh right? Oh, God. I wasn't going to go there this week. I really was not. <laughs> I so. like to wind up the bear. Yeah, let's not do it. Okay. So they've already heard <laughs> enough from me today. So I'll keep this brief. Um, so I feel like one thing I liked about the Nadia character in particular this week was that she's not from here. 
And so she's us, right? She's like us. She gets to ask questions about these wackadoodle people in Pawnee and the whole parks department, mm -hmm. which I think is interesting. We don't have that point of view character all that often. No. So I really liked having that this week. Plus, plus her as an actress, I really respect and enjoyed having her on. And again, mentioned I think she's got great com comedy chops, and she can also speak better than me. But um, I I'm with you. I feel like there could have been more use of her that would have made it even funnier, even better. But also kind of playing the straight person, if you will, in terms of the comedy ha-ha to, you know, to Tom's goofiness was kind of funny. So I, I didn't feel like it wasn't funny. I just feel like she has the chops to be even funnier. I, I would agree with that. I also think you brought up a really good point that I haven't thought about in a long time. It used to be, I think, at the beginning of the show, Anne served as the focal point yep. of, I am friends with Leslie or becoming friends with Leslie, but I am not familiar with you weirdos That's from right. the Parks Department. Like, yeah, what the she's hell? She's part of the gang now. Right, she's exactly. A, she's a wackadoo herself, yeah. And then Ben kind of filled that role because he wasn't for from Pawnee and so right. he's like what in the hell and then he yeah. fell in love with Leslie and ruined all that yeah. so but but yeah he's part of the gang now too and That's we right. really don't have anyone who fills that role That's anymore yeah I mean I think Craig might fall into that a little bit for a while but he's already so crazy Eagleton Craig yes that, that I think that kind of breaks the the mold a little bit but you know he has the opportunity to play that I'm just not sure that's what's going to happen I don't think that he can that he can elicit any sort of normal baseline that we can relate no, to. Not like really. he may not be familiar with them, but he's also not us because no. he's blah, blah. he's bonkers crazy. <laughs> yeah, no matter he's crazy. What. Yeah, he really is. Um, <clears throat> I love the Jeremy Jam speech at the podium. You know, nine eleven, nine eleven. Yeah, like there was so much of that in the real world that I just thought that was a great throwback to unfortunate moments in politics. What did he say, "I'm IRL. gonna, I promise you, I'm gonna blow this way out, <laughs> out of proportion. proportion." You have my word. So good. Yeah, I, I love the dialogue of his character and his character's motivation in this episode. I particularly enjoyed. That. Did that he also say, "How dare you undermine the political <laughs> points I'm trying to earn?" That's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Belittle them. That's right. Belittle. Yeah. Yes. Um, I also made a note on JetBlue IV. I thought that was a terrific way to connect Nadia to Tom in this oh, case. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he goes, <laughs> the, we didn't say it during our coverage, but as soon as she says that about Beyonce and uh, Jay-Z, Tom does the look to Cameron and says, she's, she's the, the one. one. <laughs> yeah. So like Neo, right? Yeah. So Tom's Neo. Um, I felt like, unlike you, that. I thought it was funny that Tom, because he was so panicked in that moment that he did the British thing, I thought that was pretty clever. And I felt like he came out at the right time. Like, what else was he going to do? You said he went too long. I'll argue a little bit. Not that too it was long about with the right. British thing. No. I, I so here's this. I'm sorry. I know this is Alan. I misunderstood. I, I'm I'm fine with him going British. Yep. It was wacky, but not totally obnoxious. Fair. He came out of it, and all right, he he fooled her like. A little bit at You're first, saying keeping her from getting what she came for, the permit, all that. It got okay. to be where it was almost right. abusive of his role. And I'm like, almost. okay, dude. It was totally abusive of his well, role. Well, I was trying to like meet you halfway. And, and no, he, he sucked yeah. on ice. Yeah. I mean, so he went too long with that. The British okay. thing. All right. I thought that was kind of funny. That's fair. I, I don't disagree. I feel like there was a, that was a good hook for this storyline. Yeah. They could have done other things to make it funny. Yeah. Like maybe, maybe seen a little bit of the event and she did stay or right. you know they could have done other things but she will be back in the next episode we'll see if Yay. they redeem themselves on that yeah yeah so um for me that's about it i i really feel like um 
this is one of those episodes I scored that better than the sum of its parts. Mm. I'm with you. I think this was an 8.0 episode. I gave it an 8.5 because I like this episode. I enjoy this wow. episode. I think it's okay. funny. Um, I think we've both said, and it won't beat the dead horse anymore with that stick. I hand the stick back to you right now. Sure. Um, it could have been funnier. And in most, you know, most um, great parks episodes that are nine, nine and a half, and especially the two, count them on one, two fingers, tens that we've ever given out, those were fabulous episodes. This was a good episode. There's a big stretch between really good and good with Parks and Rec. Yeah. And that's not true with other shows. Yeah. So, Have there only been two tens? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, because there's, the, there's, there's the end of season three. Yeah. And I think even though I did my stupid beyond category thing, I think we'd have to count the season premiere for six as a ten. Wasn't there another one somewhere in there? Wasn't there the Leslie and Ben marriage? I feel like we gave that a nine and a half. No, that was a ten. So we as a matter of fact, three. that was the only normal size episode we gave a ten to. So all three times you're saying we've both given 10 or did one of those times, one of us give it a nine five and the other gave it. 10? No, we wouldn't dare do that. that we don't, we're not, we don't Alan, we're not about controversy. <laughs> we're about getting along and being boring. Get along, go along. Yep. Yeah. That's us. Yep. That's definitely us. Yep. Everyone would say that about us. Absolutely. Smart. Yeah. That's funny. Well, either way, I, I feel like again, 8.5 is the way I felt about this episode mechanically on paper. It's an eight Oh, it just is. I'll, uh, I'll buy that. You'll allow it? Yeah, you rock that scuba pretty well. I think that's a good uh, job. It. Did you see me skip it off the top of the pond there? Yeah, yeah. You really did the, the thing there. Yeah, I, I tried my best, <laughs> <laughs> like always. Oh, my God. I almost did it again. What? And you would have to tell me next week. What? I forgot my MVPs. Good God, man. What, why, where are, you, what are we even doing I here? I don't know. We did it all wrong today. Mark, my MVPs were Nick Offerman and Retta. Huh. You gave Amy Poehler and Retta, and we, we agree on Retta for all the same reasons. It was fabulous for her to get so much screen. Yeah, it was. Really enjoyed it. I almost and, did Nick Offerman. Okay. Well, and I'm his, not... His storyline, in the in, in uh, when I compared all three, his storyline was so short, relatively speaking, and yet I almost gave it to him. Well, it was so short, and look what he did with it. I know. So that's I why know. I gave it to him. Yeah. I can't argue with that. I mean, Amy had more screen time. She had more lines. Her, her part was very funny. And I thought she was appropriately over the top and manic and all the right things, but in all the good ways that we've come to enjoy, not right. the ways we hate. Right. So had zero issues with her performance. Loved her character this week. But uh, Nick Offerman, Retta were my MVPs. Nice. So good job. A little agree. bit out of order, but we got it all covered. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, we, we edit it. We correct it. We can edit this, right? <laughs> Boy, can we. <laughs> Good God. Mark, we will be back next time. We with, will. Yeah, we will. It's oh. going to be 6.6. Oh, a filibuster. filibuster. Yeah. So oh, that'll be a fun one. The second one. Our second filibuster. Yeah. By a different character. By a different character. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we should mention, you know, we're on the internets, all those things. Yeah. And I do want to welcome our new Instagram follower this week, um, Bass Player 609 he followed us. So thank you, Bass Player 609. Thanks. And I specifically mentioned him because he has the most Ron Swanson description of himself in Instagram. Really? I'm going to put it over here for you so you can enjoy this alongside of me. And I want you to read to our viewers what it says. Well, let's see. This account is private. 
Is that right not here. supposed Here's to read? Here's his description. Oh. Normally people have lots of words here. He oh. simply says. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because usually you'd say like, hey, I'm someone who yeah, likes and I like flowers. Stuff, or I don't and, like and, stuff. And I'm a big fan of, uh, of uh, Braveheart or whatever, whatever people say. I don't know yeah. what people say. His his description of himself is, man. <laughs> That's it. I got to I gotta give him props for that. I, so salute to bass player 609. Bass player 609 is. You have uh, our I'm respect. I'm sorry, 609. 609, yeah. fair enough. Uh, you have my respect, and I'm <laughs> reconsidering how I'm going to describe myself. Yeah. Maybe I'm, old I've man. already changed my Instagram profile <laughs> because of this. <laughs> yep. All right. Anyway, go out, find us on the social media. Please give us a like and a review on Apple uh, Podcasts. That would really, really help us yes, out. Yes, please. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. <laughs> Sorry. I distracted myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think we'll be able to leave that in. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think we can. All right.